Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you're looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. I want to tell whoever in the room is dealing with it um, a simple message before we get right into God's word tonight. Um, There is hope for you. Whatever you're facing, whatever the struggle is, whatever the thing you can't get over, the emotion, the wound, the hurt, the frustration, the circumstance, whatever it is, there is hope for you. There is hope for you. Even when you feel that there's no hope, even when you sense that you might be alone and there's a hopeless um, outlook for you, the God who does wonders of lighting up the darkness, there is hope for you. Your hope is not in your ability to be good enough for him. Your hope is not in in your ability to show your discipline or worthy of his love or his intervention. No. Your hope is that he is love, he is good, and he can help you navigate wherever you are, even if you're in a predicament that you got yourself into. Now, y'all may not talk back to me, and we're somehow we've become a Baptist church, you know, but that's fine. <clears throat> you guys are feel free to, 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 if you agree with that, tell me you agree with that. Because the truth is, God's goodness is the only reason any of us have a hope for a future. Amen. Amen. His love, his open door, his power, him clearing the road, him forgiving our sin, him providing us a way to be reconciled to Christ, it is only him. Not us. And that is what is unique about our God. Are there other gods out there? Sure. People worship all kinds of things. But the one true most high God has the power to give light in the darkest places. Even if you have found the darkest corner to hide in as if it's a crack. No one can see me here. He can find you there. So instead of fighting him, don't try to dig out of the hole by yourself. Ask him, can you come get me from where I am? And watch how quickly the darkness evaporates. That's not even in the message. That's free. That one's a free. This is the, this is what I charge for later. (laughs) Just kidding. There's no bad joke day if you're here for the for the you're for the roots community church all right not even my wife is laughing give me courtesy laugh so it's i know it's bad all right so the, if you're taking uh we didn't have we don't have notes for you guys today we're gonna have some scriptures that we put up on the screen um but we got some uh notepads there for you so you can grab them you're gonna need them a little bit later um, but if you want to write down some notes from the message you can <clears throat> we're going to quickly go over four things and if i could title this portion of the message something it's going to be this honestly content what we're going to talk about today is being honestly content the reason we're going to talk about being honestly content is because some people um, may not be telling the truth that they're okay with where they are with jesus and if that's you, it's all right. I'm not encouraging it. But if that's you, you can, you can come out of the dishonest portion and, and talk to God about the disappointments that are in your heart. And the reason that I want to talk about honest contentment and being honestly content 
is because I heard this statement years ago, and I think it's it, it, there's a little there's some truth to it, a little unfairness to it. So if we can just kind of like push the unfairness off to the side just a little bit and look at the the true part of it, um, is this is that Christians not only tell God lies, they sing them to Him. Because we just sat here in a worship service, and if you sang the songs, and I, I want you to participate singing the songs, and we'll do another series probably at the end or next year on worship again, but you singing the songs does not equate to worship. Worship has to do with submission. So... When there, are, there, when there are words on the screen and we sing words that say, they make these statements, um, uh, that he writes my future and holds it all together. The first song, God of my present, God of my future, you write my story, he holds it all together. Let's just stop right there for a second. The God that we serve, are we stepping out of the way and saying, you write my future? You pen it. Because if we're not, and we just sang that song, we were just dishonest with God. If we have not come to the point where we're saying to God, I'm going to let you write my future. You are going to be the one who pens the words of what I'm going to do going forward. All of the obedience, the road that I'm going to travel down. If we have not done that, then we were just dishonest five minutes ago. My goal here today is not to be the make you the whipping post and be like, whoosh. Get it into shape. It's not the goal. The goal is to bring forward to us something we may not even know we're doing. Wait a minute. I'm singing those songs. Yeah, we're not just singing songs. The, the amount of time and effort that goes into choosing these songs and going through the lyrics. And there's actually one of the songs we sang tonight. We only did part of it because we, the part of it, we read the lyrics. And we, I don't know if that really lines up with the, the biblical worldview that, that, that we, we find in Scripture. And so we're just going to pull that right out and not even address that. We'll just focus on this other part of the song because this is the part where we feel like the, the Spirit of God can can, um, um, has um, opportunities to speak here. There is a lot of time, a lot of effort that goes into let, not just, oh, these all go together. These are the new ones. What's on the hot worship list this week? And we'll put these together, put them in the same keys, and we'll just sing them here together because we want to be modern and up to date. That doesn't happen. It does happen. It doesn't happen here. And the reason for that is because we are trying to declare the goodness of God and our commitment to him. And some of these songs can be prayers. I want you to write my future. Show me how to do that. You're completely good. But when we say, yes, God of my future. Yeah, yeah, I like the beat. I like it's going on. Woo, yeah, I put my hands up and it's great. And then we walk back out the door and be like, I'm not, uh, I'm not interested at all in what God wants me to do. I'm just going to do what I want to do then we have fulfilled that statement and we sang something that was dishonest. I want to challenge us that when we see the words on the song, to look at those and if they're not true for you, to turn them into a prayer. 
I want that to be true for me. I want that to be, uh, to, to, to be how I'm operating my life. I want him to write the next steps for me, but I do not want to. I want to create enough discomfort for anyone who comes in this building and who listens to this later or watches us online or whatever. Um, I want to create enough discomfort in you to go, man, wherever I go, whether you're at RCC, the rest of your natural born life, or you move on somewhere else next week, that you will never sit in another service where there's music present and a song being sung and look at that and be like, oh, yeah, I can sing that. I want there to be conviction when you read those words to say, man, I kind of lost sight that he was my champion this week. And I need him to fight for me because I'm in a scenario I can't get myself out of. And when the God of the universe steps in, there's always hope. Always. So what I want to do tonight is I want to talk up really quickly about four, four things that, um, that we're content with. That, that I'm going to ask us, are we content with in life? Here's the first one. Are you content with who you are? Are you content with who you are? Some of you may be like, man, I've known who I am. I'm operating in my gifts. I'm following this, this direction. I'm, I'm, I'm involved in ministry. I'm reaching people. I'm doing what my calling is doing. I, I'm, I have an assignment, and I am following that to a T. Yes, I'm comfortable in it. If you say, I am not content with who I am, it might just be because you don't know who you are. It might be because you do not understand just how much of an elevated position God has given you. Don't take my word for it. Let's read a scripture. I'm going to ask Jules to put the first one up on the, on the screen here for me. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. This is not, as much as I want it to be, a rah-rah pat you on the back scripture. This is evidence of who you are. God saved you by his grace. What's that mean? You were lost. You were on a complete path to eternal destruction and a future without him. You were, past tense, lost if you became a believer in Christ. God saved you by his grace when you believed. So you have gone from lost to found, unclaimed to claimed, wandering to someone with a direction, someone who is a directionless mess to someone who is being led by the Spirit of God in a direction. You are no longer lost. You are no longer wandering. You are no longer operating in darkness. You are following the Almighty God if you have faith in Him. His Spirit lives in you. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you do. You can't earn it. So none of us can boast about it. You are God's masterpiece. His masterpiece. He says that not about the pastor or the worship leader or the church staff or the volunteers or the guy that you think is most committed. He says that about you. You are his masterpiece. 
He is proud. He has put the blood of his son as a payment for you. He is painting your picture right now, the story of your life. It is in continual motion from him right now. And he is saying, this is not just good. It's not just great. It's not just valuable. It is priceless because the master conductor, the master painter is now the one who has put his mark on your life. And when he takes the brush and paints it, it becomes a masterpiece, an epic, legendary, instantly. I don't even know if I can get past this point with the three more, because I don't know if people in here honestly know who you are. We're going to read the next scripture. 1 John 3.1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. You were wandering by yourself, no one to claim you, and when you saw the light of Christ, you believed in Jesus, God says, that's my boy, that's my girl, go get her, put her in the car next to me, put her in my house, I'm moving in with her, she's moving in with me, I'm moving in with him, he's moving in with me, (coughs) and all of this life is now going to be different. It may not be different overnight. It might have been different overnight. It may be a gradual process for you that he walks you through. It may be an immediate change of heart, something that immediately shifted from one thing to another, like a light switch. You may have wished it was like a light switch, and that, and that didn't happen. It may be progressing for you. It does not matter because why? You have been called the child of God, and so you are. If I could get everybody in this building to believe that the walk with Christ that you have, the depth of your relationship would would open up and grow so deep of a roots in a relationship with him that there would be that it would blow your mind because you would step into things that God is directing you to do much differently. Are you content with who you are? Do you even know who you are? If you don't hear the word of God, you are a child of God. His boy, his son, his daughter, his girl, you are his. I saw a video yesterday of current Los Angeles Laker superstar LeBron James. Um, I had to bring up the Lakers because the Suns are doing so good. Congratulations to the Suns. They'll probably win it pretty quick, yeah. <clears throat> but um, I saw a picture of him at a halftime of his son's basketball game. He steps on the court and he starts coaching his son, calling out things for him to do from the sidelines. If you want to be a basketball player, can you imagine the value of having that guy as your dad if you want to be a basketball player? Of having him, hey, Watch when they lean this way, go this way. When their foot turns this direction, look at this. Jab here and then pull up and shoot. Drive on this, dribble here. Stop dribbling here. Pump fake here. Can you imagine all of that knowledge, how, how much further along that person's going to be with all of that knowledge because of his father? That is not even a, a grain of sand compared to the sun comparison on what insight and everything that is available to you as a child of God. 
you got an inside track to your dad. You got an inside track to your heavenly father. You got an inside track to your creator. My question is, are you content with who you are? And if you say yes, it's only because you know who you are. And if you say no, I'm here to tell you today, at the top of that list is a child of God if you're a believer in him. We should drop the mic, sing, and then leave and be done. That should set you off into orbit because you are his. And he's mine. Number two. Are you content with our, uh, are, are you content with your role? Are you content with the role that we that God has given you to play? <clears throat> First Corinthians three, four through ten. We're gonna go ahead and read this scripture. I'll read it out loud for you. You can read along on the screen. When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you just aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on top of it. You don't have to put your hand up and admit this openly, but just be honest, at least with yourself and your own heart. Have you ever looked at somebody else's role as a believer in Christ, looked at their role and thought, I wish I could do that instead of what I'm stuck doing. My gift is service and I come here and set up tables and chairs and put red, white and blue things on a table when it clashes with the green chairs, but it doesn't matter. I do all this. I set up and tear down. I wish I was like Ryan, because that dude could just get up and speak at the drop of a hat. I wish I was like, I wish I was like Brian, who can just get up there and have no voice and still sing harmony for everything. I wish I was, I wish I was like uh, uh, Jason back there, who's gracious enough to be here with us. Thank you for being here with us again this week, Jason, to help us out with the sound and stuff. Uh, I wish I was like Jason, who had all this knowledge and insight to be able to kind of tinker all this stuff. But all I'm doing is moving stinking chairs around. All I'm doing is serving over the kids. All I'm doing is volunteering to take the youth uh, somewhere so they don't kill themselves on the way there. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm just here kind of making sure everything goes, and if it goes by on a certain route, you know, it's, it's all right. But I just look at it, somebody, some, something somebody else does and goes, man, I wish I had that. Really? Because we just heard the Apostle Paul say, I'm nobody. In some instances, I planted seeds. In some instances, I watered. I never did the whole thing. Some plant seeds, some plant, or some water. God brings the increase. Some build the foundation. Some build on top of the foundation. Are you okay 
with being someone who seeds everywhere you go your whole life and hardly ever seeing, hardly ever uh, had the opportunity to see the harvest on one of those seeds. This is what I got to do, God? This is my role? Yes. Because the one who plants the seeds and the one who waters and the one who does the work of the harvest, all of those jobs are different jobs done by different people in different roles. But guess what? They all work for the same purpose. Are you content with the role you play? Now, you may look at that and go, well, am I a seeder or am I a waterer? Don't, I'm, I'm not trying to push you into a... I'm trying to push you into one of those categories. What I'm trying to get you to understand is this. You have a role to play in someone's life that shines the light of Christ, introduces them to Christ, reminds them of what they know about Christ, or will be the one who prays with them to meet Almighty God. You'll be the one to set a tone, to set an attitude, to help walls come down for people who are like, man, that guy goes to church, maybe I should try that out because my life is screwed up and that person's life was messed up, but they have some kind of hope that I don't have. Whatever your role is, are you content with it? And are we honestly content to go, yeah? And here go, God, I hate what I do. Are we content with what he has for us? Are we content with the role that we play? Next one, number three. Are we content when God says no? Do we remain content when God says no? 16, 6 through 7. You may recognize this verse from the very first um, message we did in Philippians. But if not, I'll remind you. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phariga uh, and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the providence of Bethania, but again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. If you continue reading this passage in the Bible, what you will see is, what, here's what you won't see. Paul sitting down and going, oh, I wanted to go to Asia. I wanted to go over there. There's so many people over there that don't know Jesus. I want to go over there and teach people. <clears throat> Why are you doing this to me, God? Why are you shutting these doors? I thought I was supposed to go this direction. I want to go over there. And he says, uh-uh. Close the door. Keep walking. Let me go up the street a little bit and kind of still veer to that way. Paul does that. And the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Not allowing them to go there says this. Uh-uh. No, do not go that direction. Do not walk through that door. Do not continue down that road. Do not continue participating in the activity that you are giving yourself to. Do not continue along this road that you are trying to commit your life to outside of me. Do not do that. I'm telling you, go this way. And had Paul pitched a fit, thrown himself on the ground, why does God hate me so much? He closed this door. I really wanted to go. He didn't do any of that. If he did that, guess what we don't have? Most of the New Testament. You don't have Philippians. You don't have Thessalonians. You don't have Philemon. You don't have any of it. 
Why? Because who knows what happens to him when he's, when he's disobedient. <clears throat> I want to be in a relationship with that person. And God says no. I want that job. And God says no. I want to walk this area with my life. And God says no. Is he enough? To remain content because I trust him that he's, good, he's got the best thing for me. I trust him that even if it's not the area I want to go, he can point me in the right direction to go because he's God. I'm not. He sees things that I don't see. Do I remain content when God says no? The fourth thing and the last question is this. Do I remain content when God takes the pen? Kaylani, will you come here for a second real fast? I'm pulling a fast one on her. She didn't know I was going to ask her to do this. Content when God takes the pen. So this is Kaylani. Everybody give Kaylani what's up. I'm going to ask you two quick questions, and you can go and sit back down. Because I know you love being up here in front of everybody. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm just, the, 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 the red on your face is giving it away. <laughs> you are the most fit to answer this question. Okay. So, if you don't know this, Kehlani is a writer. Like a really good writer. Like novel style, authorship. That's probably somewhere in her future. If God's given her that ability, she reads a lot. I do not, so I just ask her about the books, which is great. But, I mean, so <clears throat> she reads a lot. She writes. She's already written a book, right? You've already written a book? Yeah. Um, she's already written one. She's working on another one. I'm Right? You're working on another one? Yep. So there's more to come for her. And so this is the perfect person to ask this question to. Okay, so here's what I want you to pretend for a second. That you have written. You're starting on your next book. You have written the introduction. You've written the first five chapters, okay, of this novel that's going to be wonderful. What happens when you're writing? What what normal things, like if you just give me a quick little bullet point list, what happens in the introduction in the first couple chapters of the book? What happens? You open up the world and introduce the characters, the main plot points, and try to foreshadow the ending if you will. My girl. Okay. So, open up the world present the characters, establish the plot. This is going to carry through the entire novel. Watch her face at this point. Ready? Okay? So, if you got through the first five chapters and you were like, Uncle Matt, I got the first five chapters down. Man, this is going to be awesome. And I said, great. Where's your pen? Because I'm going to take your pen and I'm going to write the rest of this book. <laughs> Did you catch it? Did you catch that look right there? That, oh, oh what is that? What's, what's behind that look? What's that thought behind the look? <coughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, why? This is the writing style will be different at least. Yeah, it might be different writing style, right? And what is your confidence in me as a writer? Well, you just said that I'm not a writer. So. <laughs> Like, I've hung myself up the drive. So explain to me that if you, if you saw me take that book in a pen and I started writing the book and you couldn't change it, what's that feeling right there 
outside of anger and fury to rip my head off and be like, stop. But, 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 outside of that, what is that feeling like? Like a little bit of dread, kind of. Dread? Yeah. Is there some anxiety there? Yeah. Yeah? Some tension? Okay, perfect. Go ahead and sit down for me. Thank you. Yeah. Give Taylor again. That scent, you, could you kind of peek into the mind and, and the, the heart and the emotions of a writer right there? Can you, can you picture that? The, you see that dread, that anxiety, because I've got a plan for how this is going to go, how this is going to develop, how this is going to end. And in this, in the, at the end of this fifth chapter, I meet Jesus, and then Jesus says, great, give me the pen. Wait, huh? I spent all my life thinking I'm running this direction. I've already written my plot. This is going to carry me through. I know the person I'm going to be with. I know who my friends are. I know what school I'm going to go to. I know what I'm majoring in. I may have already finished the major. I may have done all of these things. <clears throat> and now you, you want the pen? You want to write the rest of the story? Mm-hmm. God of my present, God of my future, you write my story. You hold it all together. When we say complete trust in God, it means he takes the pen and he begins to write your life, the script, the manuscript of your life, how it's going to end when you are saying, it's all you. I'm doing whatever you say. I'm following wherever you go. Wherever you lead is where I'm going. Whether I want to go there or not, I'm doing it. Whether I want to plant a church in my living room, I'm going to go do it or not. I, whether I want to do it or not, I'm going to go do it. Write the story. That's what we're saying. Am I content? Take the pen. What are you going to write? And he just chuckles and keeps his head down and begins to write the next page. Is that what I need to do? Galatians 2, 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved, him, uh, who loved me and gave himself for me. John 5.30. This is Jesus talking to his followers. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just, because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. I gave the pen to the God that I am all in on, and I am allowing him to write the story going forward, no, how, no matter how much anxiety or trepidation I have. Am I content when God takes the pen? Am I content when God took my nice little plan and wrote in some type of struggle? Wrote in loss. Wrote in the job change wrote in the career change. 
do I remain content with him because he is God. Has what he has already done for me enough in making me his drawing me out of the darkness into his marvelous light is that enough is my heart content now do you tell me I should never try to make an advancement or no no I'm not telling you I'm telling you are you content with him writing the story because who in the world knows what he's about to write But I guarantee you, it's a masterpiece.